Hello, this is Hope, and you're listening to Covert Castaway. Welcome to my weekly diary of what I learn and how I cope with transitioning to life as a liveaboard cruiser. The problem with sailing is the more you learn about it, the more you realize all the ways the ocean is out to get you. Welcome to Covert Castaway. Today, I'll share my struggle with fear. I know it's cliche, but it's a huge factor nonetheless, since honestly, it's the biggest hurdle many of us have to overcome in order to make a commitment to cruising in the first place. Buzzy Trent, he's a pioneer of big wave surfing, and he once said, waves are not measured in feet or inches. They are measured in increments of fear. Look, we achieve status on top of the food chain because of this little ball of magic in our brain called the amygdala. It's there to help protect us from going outside our cave and getting eaten by saber-toothed tigers. But today, it can be a problem, particularly if we have to do things like give presentations at work or do fun things that we want to do, like go sailing. I like to think I'm courageous and carefree, but I'll be honest, that really only applies when it comes to ordering dessert. Everything else sort of scary? I need to tap into my inner warrior goddess to talk myself into it. The biggest gift of the amygdala is it teaches us things like staying safe means staying with the herd. Selling all of our crap and crossing the Pacific is not staying with the herd. So my brain keeps me safe by putting all these mental barriers in the way that are foreign and scary and makes me work really hard to hurl myself over them. For me, facing my fears starts with writing them down. So here are just a few of the biggest ones I'm wrestling with at the moment. That's a lot of water. The Pacific Ocean covers 64 million square miles and takes up a third of the Earth's total surface area, which is larger than all the land put together. Take a moment to look at a globe, and you'll see what I mean. So when my husband said, let's go to Tahiti, I'm like, cowabunga. But then he followed it up by saying, no, I mean, let's sail there. We have to earn it. Which meant, in 30 seconds flat, I moved on to retirement plan B, buying some sinking beachfront condo in Florida. By the way, prices are really coming down. Crossing the Pacific is 3,000 nautical miles from Mexico to Marquesas. Or if you're interested in the scenic route, you can check out Galapagos from Panama. It's about 4,800 nautical miles, which is about a full month at sea. A lot of things can go wrong in that amount of time. Let me list a few that keep me up at night. Someone falls overboard. Your water gets contaminated. You run out of food. You hit a shipping container and puncture the hole. I saw it in a movie. Rogue waves make the boat flip. Pirates could kidnap you and hold you for ransom. And my personal favorite, you get caught in the floating trash vortex as you are also entering the doldrums. So here's some strategies for overcoming this fear. Every experienced sailor will tell you that you don't cross the Pacific on day one. I mean, you could, but I'm not hearing that in Cruiser's Forum. I finally grasped the idea that it's more like learning to train for a triathlon. You don't just wake up one day and do the race. For me, it was learning to be comfortable in the San Francisco Bay, which can get a little lively. Then we sailed outside the Golden Gate. First time was terrifying and thrilling at the same time, so that's why I knew I liked it. It was like a really wet roller coaster. Then down the coast, then across to the Channel Islands, and then a few charter vacations. Many people start in Florida, and then do the Keys, then do Bahamas, Caribbean, etc. Okay, I can do that. 
I also found it extremely helpful to desensitize myself to waves by watching rough ocean compilations on YouTube. I found the ones about Bay of Biscayne to be particularly helpful, since that's a body of water we do have to cross after we get our boat commissioned on the way to the Med. Just saying. Okay, the second one is Salachophobia. 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 I really don't know how to pronounce it, but it's the extreme fear of sharks. There's an actual name for it. I've always been afraid of sharks. I blame my mother who took me to see Jaws at a drive-in when I was like, I don't know, eight or nine years old. She also took me with her to see The Shining and Alien. Seriously, mom, really? It makes me feel better to know that over half of all people fear sharks as much as I do. That's the amygdala for you. In white platform shoes, dancing to staying alive on our brains. Okay, here's some strategies to overcome this fear. In an earlier podcast, I told the story of my son who's in college and is a fanboy of Sharknado. And he said to me, aren't you afraid of getting eaten by a megalodon? And my answer was, well, I'd rather die getting eaten by a shark than by a heart attack behind a desk. I do think the secret for me on this one is to stay in the boat in dangerous waters. And if it's my destiny to die by shark, it's a much more interesting way to go, especially if it's a megalodon. My husband and I got advanced dive certifications, and learning about the different types of sharks was actually really helpful. There are also good tactics here as well, like staying low, since they attack from below their prey. Or my personal favorite, only paddleboard in water so clear that you can only see the bottom. Bam! How's that for an idea? 2017 stats that make me feel better. Only five people died in unprovoked shark attacks. 16 people died being struck by lightning. 48 people died while operating a lawnmower. 424 people died getting out of bed, and 610,000 people died of a heart attack in the U.S., one out of four deaths. Okay, here's another one. What if we get caught in a storm? Seasoned sailors who have cruised for 20-plus years, like Lynn and Larry Parody, who wrote Storm Tactics Handbook, Modern Methods for Heaving to for Survival in Extreme Conditions. They say bad weather only happens maybe 10% of the time. Those are people who are comfortable sailing during storm seasons, but still take a lot of precautions to avoid storms with just good common sense. Like, don't do an Atlantic passage during hurricane season. Roger that. Yet storms are a real thing and weather's getting more extreme, so this is a pretty serious matter. Okay, so strategies to overcome this fear. The only way I know to tackle this fear is to face a big storm and try the storm tactics, while cursing at Poseidon and laughing wildly at the sky like Captain Ahab. But first... I started reading as many storm tactics books and studying people's stories. I have yet to live through a storm to tell about it, but it was helpful to understand the power of a good heave-to maneuver, 40 degrees from the wind with a storm anchor tied to your bow. It apparently creates a slick that flips the script on the breaking wave so it's less likely to break on top of you. Now that's useful information. I really haven't been able to find out if that works on catamarans or not, but I'm going to hold out hope. More good books. Heavy weather sailing, Sailing, a serious ocean, essentials of sea survival. The point is, the idea of a storm on a boat is scary because I don't do that every day, but I do get in my car every day and my chances of dying in a car are much higher. Okay, here's another one. What if the boat sinks? I've looked into this, and even though sinking boats make great movies, it's not a common thing. Just in terms of boating fatalities in the U.S. in 2017, just 658 people died in boating accidents versus 40,000 who died in motor vehicle accidents. The biggest danger, it seems, is waves, which goes back to the topic of storm tactics. Okay, here's some strategies that I use to overcome this fear. 
We lean towards a catamaran. Two holes and airtight crash boxes make it pretty tough to sink. They have a positive buoyancy. And while it may capsize once it's no longer at its maximum stability, unlike a monohull, they don't have a one-ton ballast to weigh them down. So while it might not be able to ride itself, it won't sink straight to the bottom right away either. The idea would be to stay on the boat, as it gives search parties a better chance of finding us. Plus, a catamaran, it just has so much space. Here's some stats that make me feel better. 80% of the fatal boating accidents were on open cabin motorboats or in a canoe. 81% of deaths occurred on boats where the operator did not receive boating safety instructions. 76 drowned, and of those, 84 of the people who drowned weren't wearing life jackets. There were 17 offshore accidents, and of those, only one died. That was just in one year. So one more lesson would be to put on your life vest on anything other than lemonade sipping conditions. Here's another one. Fear of being stranded on a boat adrift. I have a love-hate relationship with this fear, because as I write this, death by PowerPoint sounds worse. I'm a repressed introvert, so being alone on a boat is sort of the whole idea. But not if it's a rubber life raft or a floating piece of driftwood surrounded by sharks. Here's some strategies I use to overcome this fear. This is going to sound really strange, but what helped me on this was total and complete desensitization by taking a deep breath and submerging myself in nonfiction. I started with Endurance, Shackleton's Incredible Voyage by Alfred Lansing, then moved on to Adrift. 76 Days Lost at Sea by Stephen Callahan. Not to be confused with the movie based on the book about Tammy Oldham. Red Sky in the Morning, the book by Tammy Oldham. Then I graduated by reading my all-time favorite survival story, 438 Days, Extraordinary True Story of Survival at Sea by Jonathan Franklin. No, the title is not an overstatement. This is an amazing true story of Salvador Alvarenga, a fisherman from Mexico lost at sea after his engines malfunctioned and drifted for 9,000 nautical miles in a small 25-foot open fishing boat. Read that book. You have to read that book. It's a similar genre of Life of Pi, but packed full of practical information, and it will honestly blow your mind. Survival is a mind game. The thread through all these remarkable true stories was the importance of resilience, resourcefulness, and the will of the human spirit to survive. Not only is our amygdala helping us out, our brain does things to create these alternative realities to protect us and help us overcome unthinkable situations. After binging on all these sea survival stories, I found fascinating parallels to my experience as a woman in high tech. I've also downloaded Navy SEALs Survival Guide, Surviving Disaster. I'm also planning to sign up for Sea Survival Certification Course. It will just make me feel better. So here's what I'm learning about fear, and it's a journey. In everyday life, like most of us, I tend to apply the rule that I can only worry about things that are in my control. The rest you sort of have to let go of. However, if I'm on a boat with my husband, we are 100% in control of how we react in any life or death situation. It's called seamanship. But mastering sailing could take many lifetimes. So where does that leave me? My dive instructor said the most important thing to remember is to recognize your limits and don't do dives that are beyond your comfort or experience. I think the point about living on a boat and sailing around the world is that it pushes us beyond our personal boundaries and teaches us what we're made of. I think this was Buzzy's point. 
but we still have to do this within the limits of our combined comfort zones as a couple, as a team, together. So for me, managing fear has more to do with finding ways my husband and I can communicate better and work more effectively as a team, and being clear in an emergency who's calling the shots. And I will definitely do a podcast on changing power dynamics through this transition. Don't you worry. I've been keeping rigorous notes. What about you? What fears do you have about living on a boat and sailing around the world? And how did you overcome them? Visit the Covert Castaway page on Facebook and leave your comments and join the conversation. Or if there are any other topics you want to cover, write those down too. Thank you for listening. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, like, or share with another Covert Castaway. Fair winds for now. Oh, 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 oh